Welcome to the Brett Boone Podcast. As we sit down and explore the mind of former MLB All-Star, Silver Slugger, and Gold Glove winner, Brett Boone. As he sits down with his friends from the world of professional sports. On this episode of the Boone Podcast, Brett sits down with seven-time Pro Bowler, Super Bowl champ, and Pro Football Hall of Famer, Warren Sapp. Alright, let's do this! And now, here's your host, Brett Boone. Welcome to the Boone Podcast. I'm Brett Boone. Today on the program, I sit down with a seven-time Pro Bowler and a Super Bowl champion who's inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame in 2013. Ladies and gentlemen, Warren Sapp. Warren, thanks for coming on the program. Oh, thanks for having me, boss man. What's good? All right, I got a, I got a question. I, I'm always curious <laughs> about, you know, in baseball, we play 162 games. I prepare kind of on a nightly basis because we play every day. You guys play once a week. But my preparation obviously is different, but I'm interested in the other major sports, especially how you prepare. It's Monday morning. You just finished the game on Sunday. What's Warren Sapp's prep for the next Sunday? I'm getting up that Monday morning bright and early. Drop the baby off at school, get myself to the job, and go get them light the gas it out. Go get in the film room, check my Sunday performance, and then get ready for next week's. That's how I start my Monday. And then throughout the week, is it is it studying film? Do you think about who who I got? Oh, who's on the other Who's on the other side next week? I'm always looking at pitchers. You know, I'm thinking, oh, no, all no, right, no. what is this guy I'm facing tonight? What did I do against him last time? What did he do his last outing? Has he changed up every anything? What are you doing? <laughs> I love this stuff. No, see, I love that. I love that y'all do the one on one thing. So you get a one on one, you get one guy, one pitcher, a middle reliever, then a closer. I, I right. don't get. Slide protection. I'm gonna get max protection. I'm gonna get a chipping back. I'm gonna get a chipping full back. I'm gonna get the tackle slamming down, then jumping back out. It's so many different things because there's a game in a game going on within the trenches. So what I'm doing is making sure we don't have that speedy mobile quarterback. Oh, he's left-handed, so now we got to turn around and you know contain the other way because the right hand is the other side and little things like that. But basically, we're looking at the running back first because. Even you could turn around and hand it off. <laughs> That's right. I could. I probably could. I, hey, I got skills, man. I got skills. Hey, I was telling you, even the best, even, even the least of us could turn around and hand this thing off. So we got to take them from being a two-dimensional team with play-action pass, screen, draw, you know, the whole nine yards into a team that, you know, we're hoping and praying we can get a couple yards on first, second down, and then we got to deal with whatever we have on third down. That's, what I, that's the kind of game I want. <laughs> well, that's the kind of game I want to create. No, I, 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 but it, but it's fascinating because it's just different things. I'm thinking, you know what? Pedro's throwing his slider more often in the last in the last two starts, so I don't have to worry about that changeup. I don't have to worry about that change. That's my, and then usually on, you know, the next day he's going to throw me four changeups. So it, it, it was all for naught. But does it matter to you? I, I mean, some way. All right, for me. Sometimes a pitcher, I got his number. He knows I've got, I've got his number. I know it. Everybody knows. I'm, I'm whistling going to the ballpark that day. For you, do you know on the other side, like, wow, this guy, he, he, he don't want me this week. It, it's that type of thing. Or some guy's like, man, he's tough on me. It, it, I'm going to have to really work to, to, uh, to execute my game plan. I had the 
he's he's on my level less than I had. This guy might fear me, and then he's bringing two friends along for the party. <laughs> right, right. But that's a good feeling, though. Double team. Yeah, yeah but that, team. it's a good but feeling. It's like you can't Randall. handle me by yourself. Yeah, no, 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 no. See, I don't want that guy. I want the guy that is Randall McDaniel or Larry Allen or Will Shields or Brian Waters. See, I might get five, six one-on-ones. You know, they might actually, you know, say that this guy, you know, he's good enough to maybe handle one in certain situations. So, you know, certain situations we're going to want to go deep or, you know, 18 yard dig. We're going to have to block him one-on-one. <laughs> That's what I want. <laughs> well, I never see a quarterback, bro. I never see a quarterback. I that is, that is, that's great, though. Do you ever, during a game, you know when you, you've just broken somebody mentally because he just can't oh. block you? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He won't even look up at you. He won't even look at you. Yeah. I, I've, been in, I've been in those situations where I'm like, uh, son, you're going to get somebody hurt today. <laughs> well, and he's he just looking for something like, give me some help. Give oh, me some, get somebody else in the game. He, he, he's like Gilligan trying to get off the island. That's right. Um, and, and that that is that's a cool feeling. You know, the only thing I can correlate oh, it to is this guy can't get me out, and he knows it. You got to throw and it across, him. It. and then it's ball one, ball two, ball three, ball four, and I'm smiling on my way to first, going, "He don't want no, any." No, that that is the greatest feeling in the world. Three zero, you're taking the cut at three zero just to make him throw two more pitches, right? Right. That's it's kind of you know, I didn't I didn't feel it as much as I, I often wondered, you know, I played with Bonds at the end of it uh, played against Bonds for for my entire career, but at the end of his career, Warren, he was so good <clears throat> that I thought what is it like to feel that, that every single pitcher and not an isolated situation where once in a no. while, yeah, that pitcher that pitcher he he's scared of you. I'm talking every single pitcher every just isn't even close, and he's just laughing at you. Dude, and then he had that, that arm brace on over in San Francisco, that robocop on his right arm. I mean, you couldn't even hit him with the ball and get him off the plate. No. three. You talk about Bonds. swinging 3-0. Bonds, Bonds. it is – yeah, it, you're talking about swinging 3-0, though. He'd get to a 3-0 yeah. count, and you talk about that arm brace. He would start unbuckling his arm brace mid-pitch because yeah, he I knew think, that much they weren't going to yeah. throw him a strike. Yeah, yeah they're not going to throw him the ball. Listen, I've seen him walk with bases loaded. Intentionally. <laughs> yes, four balls. You get one. That's it. <laughs> he, that is when I was in I was uh, luckily I was in Oakland my last four years but unluckily I was in Oakland because I only won 15 games in four years but I got real cool with Bonds and I always had four tickets to every game I wanted and I lived in San Fran where I could walk from Beale Street 501 Beale Street to the stadium but you wouldn't walk because it's cold in San Fran <laughs> Yeah, he, and and he was doing it at a big yard too. I mean, oh people don't God. realize people don't realize. You know, the kids today. I I talk to the kids today, and they always want to talk. But you know, I retired 15 years ago, and it, and it's a different mentality. It's a different game today. But the kids, the young players, they want to. How good was Bonds? Really? How good? I said, how good was he? He was so much better than the second best hitter. It was ridiculous. I and and this is this is at nauseum. I, I tell this story. I love it because because oh, he's the best. Yeah. But uh, yeah. you talk about intentionally. Well, we intentionally walked Barry one time. 
with the bases empty to start the ninth. Nobody on, nobody out in a tie game. We intentionally walked it. And me and Barry had we had some feuds during our, during our career. We'd go back and forth. Anyway, he steals second base uh-huh. with no outs. So we just put him in scoring position with the game on the line because we're so scared he's going to hit oh. homer. Yeah. I, I walk over to him. And I look at him, I said, Barry, I said, I'll tell you what. I've seen a lot of things in my day. I said, that's impressive right there. And you know what he said to me? Took his helmet off. He kind of brushed off his brow and he looked at me. He said, Booney? He said, shit. I'd have done the same thing. And I had no answer for him because he was right. It's about as cocky of an answer as you could possibly give. (laughs) He was right right on. I had no answer for him. He said to you, I'd have done the same thing. I'd have done the same thing, man. And 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 I, I was expecting him to go, yeah, I can't believe you guys did that, you know. But no, he said, I'd have done the same thing. And I kind of looked at him like, you're such a dick. Oh, but I, but I, I looked at him more of, this guy's right, man. He was playing slow pitch softball. The rest of us were playing big league baseball. Dude, it, I mean, he, he was just that. He was just he was. that impressive. He was that he was impressive. Good. With that bat, was, God, Almighty, though. He, he was good. Uh, trash talk in football. Once again, b- baseball. Not much trash talking. You see the guys today. The, no. the culture's changing a little bit, but it's more of, hey, man, how you doing? Uh, where are you going to dinner tonight? What have you been up to? That's kind of our talk when we're at the bases. Football's a little bit different because you'll get in the trenches, and, and you guys are going at it. A lot of trash talking going on. Oh, my God. I'm going to tell you like this. You guys get to sit in the city for three or four days. You're going to actually see this guy in street clothes, right? Right. Nah, we we don't get that. <laughs> we we in here for three four hours at each other, and then we're going to get the hell out of here because we're going to get on the plane and leave. Because if you leave 50, 60 dudes from another team in another city that just beat somebody, oh, it's a fight. It's a fight. <laughs> yeah, it, it is, and and that's that's the fight. difference yeah. in your yes. your sport. Yes. The so the only other all thing all is though, I I can't get over it because we don't shake hands in baseball when we lose or or we win. There's no good game. You you guys are all you you're, no. you got after the game no, no, and giving guys no. hugs stop, and stop stop stop. All right, go ahead. These are new it, kids that are trading jerseys. <laughs> These are new kids that are trading jerseys. Out there having prayer meeting in the middle of the field and all this other stuff. No. If you didn't know me before that game, don't you come up on me talking about, no, hey, I just want to come over and say, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> hey, you know good game. Baseball. Good game, Warren. Hey, shut up. Yeah. Huh. Uh, policing in football. Huh? Different game now. Different game. Way different it is game a- now. These kids are. They're forming allegiances and unions and whatever else they're doing. Because when we played, Brett, it was property of. You were barely ever going to leave the Yankees. You were barely ever going to leave the Bucks. You were barely ever going to leave the, 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 the Eagles or whatever team you played for. Right. Yeah, I think today, and you're right, the kids are different, and, and they're different in baseball. You know, I, I, I like a lot of things. And some of the things I wish they stayed the same, kind of, you know, back how baseball has always been played. I guess it's changing. The athlete in general is changing. I, I, what do you think that's from? Yeah. I think it might be maybe social media a little bit. Everybody seems like they got a no. brand now. 
Uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. I think it's the uh, the social. Yeah, you said social media, right? Social it's media, yeah. Brand. Yeah, it's their own brand because only thing they care about is likes, views, comments, and that's it. Likes, views, and comments. How many likes? How many views? How many comments I get on my posts? Right. Right. Because this is my network. This is about me. You know, we growed up. We was about the team, and then if I can fit in and you know do my do my little part here there. Then the team will accept me. Maybe I'm a captain. Then maybe I'm a leader of the team. You see what I'm saying? You grow to that. These kids show up and it's instant. They've always been the star. Yeah. They've I mean, been, we used to, in been, baseball, we, we'd have. Go ahead. I'm sorry. They've never been told they're not the star. You know? They've been on the AAU travel team where they come to the house, get a mom uh, weekend money, and take the kids. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy, man. Yeah, it's crazy. They they turned it into a business. It's a big I, business. I don't, these travel teams I, and these, these things. What was your first year? I think your first year was ninety five. Does that sound right? Yeah, ninety five. Yes, sir. Ninety five, and it was different. My first year was ninety two, and I don't know how it was football wise, but baseball. What you, you, you we do our thing in the minor leagues. We get that. We, we we prove ourselves and get that opportunity to go to the biggest. Now, when I got to yep. the big leagues, yep. man, I had I, I had a chip on my shoulder and I had some swagger, and I, I you know I got I got humbled real quick quick believe me. But I got to the big leagues and I had to prove myself. I mean, I had some teammates that were really good dudes, but they were tough on me, and I wasn't just gonna what? saunter saunter in and just secure that position i kind of had to prove myself and it took a while it takes a while before you 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 know you're solidified and hey you're the guy now and man there was some tough love it seems like today not only in baseball but in football like you said it's right now you get there and i'm the star right now and i i I necessarily haven't even done anything yet but i'm the star it's an anointing it's an anointing that goes on and, I, and you, that, that was the way it was. You had to work your way from the bottom and earn the respect of the, of the regulars, then the vets. Because right. the old dudes, they were, they were stuck in their ways, and oh, my God, they would talk to you. I mean, it was just, it, it was almost like a fraternity, and you needed to perform to be in the fraternity. And there was no other way you were getting in unless you worked your way there. And I'm talking about not just the game. This was what you did leading up to the game, what you did after the game. It was were you a professional? Did you love the job? Did you love the teammate? Did you, did, do you love the misery? That's, but now it's just, it, hey, we got this guy. He's about to lead us. We're with, we're with him. Really? <laughs> okay. Right, because when you come up in 95, you're not Warren Sapp. You're not Warren Sapp, the Hall of Famer. You're Warren Sapp, no, punk rookie. rookie. Show me no, how good you are. Rookie. Super rookie, that's what they call me. Super rookie, because <laughs> you know Saturday afternoon, I was the baddest thing going. I mean, it was it was pretty rough not to watch a, a football game on Saturday afternoon and be like, my God, I want to see this guy play on Sunday, right? Right. Feel like a man among boys. So you get to the league and it's, come on, super rookie, lead us. And you're like, what? Hold up, dog. I had Ray Lewis and a couple other people with me that you know like to play football. Do none of y'all like to play football? Because <laughs> now there's a check involved. And when there's a check involved, sometimes people lose themselves. Hey, man, my check don't change. I'm going to get my check and I'm going to go home, man. All, all this work y'all talking about, I ain't about this. You know, some people just show up for the check. Do you think, do you think it's – Do you think it's – Because you were the 
Huh? I'm sorry. Do, do you think it's better when we came into the game, how it was that we kind of had to earn our stripes? Do you think that was, yep. because I look back at, I Wait, look brother. back at, at, at my career and man, I had some ups and downs. I had some tough times. Like I said, some humble pie, but I look back and, and I thought, <laughs> wow, I had to go through that to get to where I am now. And now the next time I had some adversity, I, I know where to draw from. Okay. I've been here before. I know how to handle this and I'd move on. And then you look back 15 years later, you kind of laugh at that 20 year old kid, that 21 year old kid thinking, man, did he have a lot to learn, but almost oh, thankful for what, for what I went through. But you knew that I went through it. Yes. Because that is the scarring. That's the callus on your hand. That's it. That's the scars on your, on your leg, the, the, the strawberries, the, the slide marks, the, 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 the cleat marks, the, you know, the wounds that make you a man and make you that battle tested, you know, uh, veteran that's ready for any situation because they put it on you. They put it on you. I mean, it was on you and you had to perform or you went to the bench and you watched. It wasn't, oh, you know, he's our draft pick. We got to go with him. And, you know, the, the front office, the owner likes him. And, you know, all the shit you hear now, you're like, what? What's that got to do with us performing? Some of these guys I look at play now, I'm like, he couldn't play with me. He could not be on my team playing like that. I would, I would lose my mind. Yeah, as a veteran watching him coming in. Oh, lose my mind. I mean, you, you watch the guy, and you watch kids come in and, and it's like they can't be told anything. Because if you coaching, you hating. You ain't appreciate what I got going. Well, I want to put it in perspective for you, son. The game has been played 100 <laughs> years before you. You know, you, know any of these, you know any of these monsters that played before you? Or it's just all about you? Right. You have, any, you have, any, you have any, any reverence for the past that got you to $100 million contracts? When the Reggie White case that, you know, there was no such thing as free agency in the NFL. Right. Do you know, do you know any of these people that came before you? Do you know any of their numbers? I was watching one time, Brandon Marshall was talking about, you know, he had a hundred catch back to back and it was like, well, certainly shot was the first to do it back in like 92. He's like, who's that? Like what? <laughs> like what? Yeah. The first hundred, the back to back first kind of catch receiver, Sterling Sharp that played in Green Bay, you don't know who that is? Like, that's crazy. Like, that's like a baseball player saying, I don't know who Barry Bonds is, or I don't know who Bobby Bonds is, or I don't know who Mays is. Like, what? Right. Who's Johnny Bench? Crazy. Never, Never heard of him. Exactly. <laughs> who, who's Charlie Hustle? <laughs> never heard yeah, of him. Yeah, who, who's Pete Rose? <laughs> yeah, who's you Charlie know, Hustle? Never heard of it, him. Never and and you, you bring up a good point, though. The guys that not only our generation, but the generation before us that, that kind of paved the way. I remember uh, my grandpa played from 47, I believe, to 59. And he told me a story one time, and I've told this story before, but he said, Brett, you should appreciate what you got now. Now, this is the mid-90s when we're having this discussion. Yeah, of course. He's, and he said, I led the league in RBIs for the Detroit Tigers, and I forget the year. And he said, I went into my owner. Back then, we didn't have agents. We had we, we yeah. dealt with the owner. And I walked in, and I said, I think I, I, think I earned a raise. I led the, led the league in ribbies. And he said the, the owner, he said the owner looked at him in the eye and said, Ray, 
He said, we can finish in third place without your ribbies. And he said he got a $1,200 raise. And that's how they did it. And that's how it was in 1950. Now, fast forward to 2023, I see it in football as well. But in baseball, I mean, the, the salaries. And, and I don't uh, – it's because of the the groundwork that was laid, not with my generation, but the generation before that. And before that, you talk about the free agency, all the 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 work that has been laid for these guys today. I hope I hope they appreciate it, and I think a lot of guys do appreciate it. But you're right. I mean, it's about it's about the guy that came before you. Learn the history. Know know what the guys before you did, and then leave it in better in better shape than when you got it. I got one for you. I'm a rookie, 1995. Sam Weiss decided he wants to give me Hardy Nickerson as my roommate because I guess he thinks I'm some undisciplined guy that went to the University of Miami, you know, the most decorated cane ever. You you get that by being <laughs> undisciplined. You know, just, just the, the imagination of this. So I get with Hardy Nickerson, who is a named complainant in the Reggie White case that, that gave us the free agency that we have. He came, He told me a story that when he was playing for the Pittsburgh Steelers, he was one of 28 starting linebackers. And he had went and got all their salaries and put an average. And the average of the 28 middle linebackers, starting middle linebackers in the NFL, was like $325,000. And Hardy Nickerson said, man, I can't go in there and ask for that because he doesn't have an agent. He's got to do this himself. So he said, all right, instead of 325 I'll go, I'll go quarter of a meal, you know, like like 250 So he put 250 and slid it to Mr. Rooney. Mr. Rooney looked at it, looked back at it, wrote 150 and slid it back to him. <laughs> <laughs> I, I said, what? He's like, dog, that's, that's how you negotiated back in the day. You know, he's like, and I had to explain to Mr. Rooney, Mr. Rooney, the, the average linebacker is making 325000 I'm only asking you for 250 So he looked at it and said, okay, 200 <laughs> Right, right. That's high level negotiation. That's what they do. Exactly. So if you can't play homage to a dude that had to walk in with his own job on the line and basically cut himself asking for a raise. That's right. Then you don't know the game. That's crazy. You got to go in and do Can you imagine us doing that in the mid-90s? No. 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 And I, and I think of this. Everybody always cut to me and was like, Aaron Donald makes $31 million a year. I said, yeah, that's five times what I made. But he's not five times the player. They're like, what, what, what? I said, I got one for you. Joe Green made $1 million, and I made six. I made six times what he made, and I'm damn sure not six times the player that Joe Green was. It's all relative. You know, they, the, the salaries went up, and, you know, let's just be appreciative that we've got it to this point where, they can do this and retire generations of, of their, their family. Congratulations. But now, make the game better than it was in the 90s when I got out of it. I mean, when the two, early 2000s, when I got out of it, I know the game is better than when we got in in the 95. We made it better. So now it's your turn. It's your turn to pass the torch. That's, that's a really good message for, for young players. Really take some pride in that. And, and, and I think you put it best. Make it better than when – Turn it into a better Hello. product than when you got it. Hello. As time goes on. Hello. That, 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 that's pretty odd. I think it's a, I think it's a great message. Oh, that's uh, the only message we could have. Because if it's 100 years now, I want another 100 years. Why wouldn't you? 
right? Why wouldn't you? And and the money that they're making, it's you know, I, I, I crack oh. up at fans saying, "Oh, he's overpaid." I said, "Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute." As long as you pay, it's relative. These owners, it just shows you. The one thing about these owners, they are, they could be a lot of things, but they're not stupid businessmen. And they don't pay people this much money if they're not making money. So if the owner's making the money, who should get it? Players should get it. You go to a a movie and you got Brad Pitt or or Denzel Washington and they're making $25 million and you pay your 20 bucks to get in. Guess what? They're worth every penny. They're getting their money back. There's no way you pay uh, that. That was it. Dak Prescott, thirty, forty million dollars, and Jerry ain't making forty billion. Come on, that's nothing. Exactly, exactly right. That's nothing. They write that. They write that. They write that check with with Coca Cola and hot dog and parking money. <laughs> yep. When you said the celebrate the celebration in the NFL has always been kind of you know a, a little more than than the other sports. Baseball is catching up now. I mean, in baseball, once again, we used what? to police one another. When you were a rookie, you're not flipping your bat, you're not showing anybody up, or there's going to be hell to pay. Now it's a different game. It, like you said, it's all about you. It's all about branding. So you got rookies out there behaving. Where I'm just looking at the TV, going. If I was a rookie and I did that, I'd have my ass beat, and oh. it's different now. Football's always been a little bit different, but for you, on the field, was there ever a time where a celebration kind of went over the line for you and you said, wait a minute, we can't have that. It's too much. No, because we were the no-fun league. They didn't, they didn't really give us a chance to – I mean, we had to wear the same color shoes and socks and everything. I mean, these kids do everything differently now. You know, they give them cleats for my causes, and, you know, they don't – I mean, they make they make them wear thigh pads and, and, and knee pads, though. I never wore that. So it's just little subtle things that, you know, a little different, a little here, a little there. But I just – I want them to take care of the game. Whatever the rules you have, but still make it entertaining. Make it the way that I was solid that the next generation can play and the next generation can play. That's what I'm afraid of. They've gotten so, you know – entitled to everything that they've been getting at, I'm afraid. And then like, they show up at the, you know, they got these 100,000 square foot complexes with, with, with uh, chefs and nutritionalists and uh, a masseuse and a, and, and a crisis in, intervention person, a preacher, a pastor. <laughs> eight, 18 a trainers, whatever 18 whatever trainers. What? Hey, whatever you want in this mother. And nobody comes and shows up and does the work. Yeah. They're, back in the day, they'd, they'd hang your hang your equipment bag on a rope, put it on a nail like Rocky Balboa. Hello. Hello. And, and, and if you didn't have a shirt with five holes in it from this week of you trying to, you know, you, you have not remembered to stick it in, in, the, in the old hole. <laughs> you got a big pen. Where you pen at, man? <laughs> That's right. These kids have no idea about this. They throw their stuff on the floor and somebody comes and picks it up. Yeah. 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 You grew up yeah. in, no, uh, born, no you, in you were born in Orlando, Florida. Grew up, grew up in Plymouth and went on to the right. University of Miami uh, I went to USC, Miami at the time you went there, big time. It still is, but I mean, the time you were there, 
especially when I went to SC, it was, it was a, you know, SC has always been a big time program. I was there in the Rodney Pete days. The, wait, 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 and, wait, wait. Is that the University of Spoiled Children, or is that the University Spoiled? Of yeah, that's that, you. You got that right, University of Spoiled Children. <laughs> but uh, you know, the football was the big deal. Baseball, you know, very secondary oh. at, at at USC. But you know, I, I enjoyed my time there. It was that was the time of Rodney Pete was the quarterback and then they handed it off to Marinovich and then I signed and I was gone but they were going to Rose Bowls they were winning Rose Bowls they didn't win a national championship but you got to see big time football as as a student there Um, describe hurricane football and what makes it so special Ooh, the thing that made hurricane football so special was the orange Bowl. that stadium had a heartbeat and if you ever got anywhere near her when the lights was on, you knew exactly what I'm talking about. That's what made University of Miami football so special was the Orange Bowl. The place we played, oh, my God. That's how you win 58 straight games in it. I mean, that, that place was alive. You know, Mel Bratton and all of them started it with, you know, let's let's go at Howard Snellenberger and build a program right here at the crib. I'm not from South Florida. I'm from Central Florida. But that vibration – went all the way up through the whole state of Florida. And if you was a football fan in the eighties, there was no other program. There was no other, there was no other program. When you talk about winning 83, 85, 87, 89, I mean, geez. I mean, it, it was, it, it was a, it was, it was a powerhouse and, and then lose another two or three championships in that process too. So, I mean, woof. And the name I, I, that came through here, and I know, I know what you. I, I kind of can relate to what you're talking about when you talk about the, the 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 stadium you played in. It's just different. You knew where you're at. Yankee Stadium comes to mind for me. When I was at Yankee Stadium, I knew I was somewhere special. Uh, USC at the Coliseum for for a weekend. It was yeah. and and you you hit it on the head. Yeah. USC is the University of Spoiled Children because it was more of you know we packed the house. We got ninety thousand people. A beautiful Saturday <laughs> afternoon, and everybody's gone. All the students are gone at halftime because they're going. The fraternity row. The first time I went to a, a a football game, a college football game, that I thought, "Wow, this is big time." We went back. Uh, and they were playing Notre Dame, and SC and Notre Dame's got that rivalry. But it was a cold day. They had benches, and I sat down and I watched that game start to finish. Nobody left. And it was a different experience for me. Like, this is serious college football now. When I'm at the Coliseum, that's kind of more of a party for all the students. Whereas I went to a Notre Dame football game, I knew I was somewhere special. (laughs) It's not like when you go into one of those stadiums that is rocking and you look around like, oh, my God. Like, this is what this is about. Yes, yes, yes. Nothing like it. 91, you're national champion. 93 and 94, you're an All-American. Uh, draft comes. 12th overall, Tampa. Take me up to that to that phone call. Did you expect it? Did you expect to go earlier, later, right about where you expected? No, nah, it was a nightmare. I had shit. It was just, you, you, you old enough to remember those days when the, those those unconfirmed confidential reports come out. I flunked more. They told me I flunked more drug tests than I took in college. And three, I went NCAA tests, so. I'm wondering who's riding for me. <laughs> it, ain't like, it ain't like I played at, it ain't like I played in Idaho or somewhere or you know, Boise, Idaho in the blue turf. I played at the University of Miami. This is a cocaine cowboy. So what I miss <laughs> I was down there I was down there getting that high and nobody knew about it and I was and I was ripping the 
ripping the Saturday afternoon up? Come on. Come on. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's like, if I, I die, I, 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 I can have I this much fun and yeah. kick somebody's butt on during the weekend. Yeah. Yeah. That was a bad situation. Real bad one. That was one of the, well, the NFL knew what they had and they cleaned the security department out after that. So at least I, I, I made it better. The security department got cleaned up and they didn't do anybody else like that after that draft. So. I guess I made it better for for the next year. <laughs> uh, go to camp first year ninety five with the Buccaneers. Sam Weiss, you mentioned him earlier. He's your first. He's your first head coach. He'll turn that over to Tony Dungy uh, a year or two later. Take me through those first years uh, for Warren Sapp in uh, playing on Sundays versus Saturday. And and was there an adjustment or from the get go? You took you were an all rookie. Uh, in '95, man, all rookie in football is a lot different than all rookie in baseball. They, you actually have to hit the ball in baseball, and rookie, you just gotta actually just be there. And then somebody is gonna talk about you on the television and this and that and whatever. I would, I wasn't good as a rookie. I really wasn't. I wasn't a professional. I, I was learning to come to work on time and be a pro, watch the tape, stay awake in the meetings. I really didn't want to be in Tampa. Tampa was not the place for me. And then Sam Weiss, God bless his soul, he's the leader of a three-ring circus, and it was a clown show. I just I just got to be honest. I mean, it was, a, it was a clown show. I'm sure at some point when he was at Cincinnati, he was a good coach, but whatever happened, happened, and he went left. He went left, and it was ugly. And I went to the GM after the season. He's like, calm down, big dog, calm down. I was like, yo, man, I can't play for this man. I, I can't. I can't. Anybody that's going to change the, the time that you get on the bus in the middle of a road trip, I can't play for this man. Evidently, he's got something going on in his life that he needs to fix every minute of his life. And I don't want to be around it. He left, he left me at the hotel. Left me, the two doctors, at the hotel. We were going to play Carolina, and they were playing at South Carolina Stadium, Death Valley the University of Clemson, there's a two-lane highway that goes. I'm sure you know about this. <laughs> two-lane highway that goes through there. So he changes the time from 10.15 to 10 o'clock. 10.15 to 10 o'clock. He's doing this all week long. So before we get on the plane and go to Carolina, he's, it's 10.15, hella high water, I don't care. If we're late to the game, the NFL has to deal with that. All right, we land in Carolina. He wakes up that Sunday morning and everybody's at breakfast. I'm not. It's the first time I got enough money to buy my own you know, room service. I've never had room service in a hotel. So I'm going to order me some room service with some French toast and uh, omelet and enjoy my breakfast. And because I don't, I never dig the whole team breakfast because it's just loud. It's just too loud. I, I'll get to a loud place in a minute. Just let the calm, you know, stay there for a little while until I get to where I'm going. So I come downstairs about 10.05 and it's, it's quiet. You can hear pin dropping. So I'm like, what's well, real quiet for a hundred? You know, a football team to be in here. The dude looked at me and said, hey. I'm like, what's up? He's like, they left. I'm like, left? He's like, yeah, they, they left like five minutes ago. Everybody just jumped up and left. So I look around the corner, here come the two doctors. <laughs> I'm like, so they have no doctors and no defensive tackle, but they're at the stadium. And then Tony Dungy came in, and I had, it, it, was, a, it was like a tree planted by the river. A rock, nice and solid, consistent, Every day the same man, the, the, the motivation, teaching you, 
playing the game. Tony Dungy was my savior. That's awesome because yeah, you do. I mean, there's certain certain stops in my career where where guys were pivotal for me and and really taught me a lot, you know. And other guys, yeah, uh, well, you could you could take or leave them. But Tony Dungy, obviously, oh, no, the uh, elevator music, the elevator music is just on. I'm not listening to it; it's just on. Yeah. That's that's cool. Ninety seven, uh, and for the next six years, you go. You're an All Pro. Next six years, for the next seven years, you go to the Pro Bowl every year. Uh, playoffs in ninety seven. Your first taste of it in the NFL. Ninety nine, Defensive Player of the Year. Is that is that a point where for Warren Sapp, you've arrived, or was it before then? But when Defensive Player no. of the Year, that's that's pretty big deal. No, that's no, a little different be. than on the All Rookie Team. It was the year before. The year before 90, was 98. Was it, I had a, oh, it was 98. I, I, get, I get confused with the NFL. No, 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 it screws no, no, me no, up, no, too, because no, no, you always no, change no, no. years. You have it right. No, you oh, okay. it right. Oh, okay. I got it right. Play of the year. But what motivated that year was the year before. Oh, I got you. I got you. was the first year, first year I became a uh, uh, pro bowler. Me and Brooks went to our first pro bowler, and I got my contract, six-year, $36 million deal, and I found honeydews. I got married and had a kid. I found honeydews to keep me away from the job where I ain't going there and putting in the work I need to do to, you know, become the player that I, you know, a Pro Bowl player, a dominant force in the middle. I came back the next year and had a partially torn rotator cuff and had six sacks, I think. Oh, shit. Was I mad? Oh, was I mad? And that's what motivated the next, the rest of my, the rest of my career. Was, was, was the one that I was not going to leave any room for anything other than excellence and ass-kicking and taking names, and I want a championship now. Damn the Pro Bowl, damn the defensive player of the year, what, any of that. None of that mattered anymore. It was all about being legendary, and the only way I was going to be legendary if I was a champion. And you got there, 0-2. That, was that 98 year? Oh, 98 year, we was 8-8 eight and eight and missed the playoffs. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. And then everybody had that hit me with, oh, yeah, now he done got his contract. He don't want to play no more. He going to sit on the money. So I went back and had 12 and a half and 16 and a half the next two years. Let's go. If it's going to be questioning, if I'm going to be ready on a Sunday afternoon, that question will be answered before you even get it out your mouth. That's that sometimes we need that. It's it's you got to find oh, something hey, that motivates that you to be great. That humble pie, that humble, humble pie. pie. After you yeah. get to the Pro Bowl and you get you get you get to the playoffs, and then the next year you eight and eight, don't even have a winning year. You look around and everybody at the playoffs but you. Oh no, uh uh-uh. uh 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 uh. And then and then every time I turn the radio, or I turn the corner. Somebody, yeah, that's that was sorry last year. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be the last time that'll ever be said. Won't be no sap sucker over here, buddy. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. You go to the, you you go to the, got the crew? Yeah. You go to the playoffs. Uh, you beat the Redskins. You lose to the Rams. The next year, yeah. you lose to Philly. The next year, you lose Philly. to Philly, and then you get to Super Bowl thirty-seven. Uh, and I had oh. earlier uh, earlier in the year, I had or not earlier in the year, a few months back, I had John Lynch on. He's a buddy of mine. And he was yeah. on that team with that Super Bowl, that Super Bowl team with you. Uh, take really? me through that Super Bowl. Was he on that team? <laughs> Are you serious? There's three of us in the Hall of Fame, me, Brooks, and Lynch. That's the triplet. Right. Example. 
Right, like right. He like was on that team. I talked to him about that defense because that's a famous defensive yeah. team. And I was comparing it because when Brady won a year ago, I said, compare the two defenses. I said, who wins? And you know what he probably said, what? but what does Warren Sapp say? What? What? We had five, <laughs> we had five, we had five sacks, <laughs> five, hold on, what was it? Five, was five sacks, five turnovers, and three touchdowns. I don't know. (laughs) Five sacks, five interceptions, and and, and, uh, and three touchdowns on defense. Who did what now? (laughs) That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Uh, You beat the the Raiders that year. After all those times, because it it is so – we talk about this in every sport. To be a world champion, it is so tough. And, and people just say, oh, they, yeah, they won the Super Bowl. They won the World Series. I'm thinking, what? They just won the World Series. You know how big of a deal that is, how hard it is? At this, po- at this point <laughs> in your career, you'd been in the playoffs multiple times. But to get to the dance and win had to be unbelievable. Give me, the, give me that two weeks, your first Super Bowl, and you come out a champion. Oh, we had Andre Reid oh. on, and I asked Andre, I said, you went to four in a row. And he said, Booney, that was a tough time in my life. He said, but looking back, I'd much rather been there four times in a row than not been there. And, and, and uh, you know, I got to go to a World Series. That's I didn't awesome. win. We got our butt kicked by the Yankees but I was there. Uh, it's got to be the ultimate in the game. You always talk about winning. When? Take me through when? Take me through that Super Bowl. When? And, and, when? and when, when you're standing you, there you a champion. You didn't, win, you didn't win a championship? I didn't win a championship. I lost. I've been there. I've been to the dance. I lost the dance. I got buddies got rings. Ooh. My dad's got rings. My grandpa's got rings. I got nothing. I got no. a Connie Mack World Series ring. <laughs> don't, you, don't you go through life. Being, who did you just say said this? Who's this dude that you just said was on your show that said this? Um, John Lynch. It was all right just to get. Oh, Andre Reed. He's lying. Andre Andre Reed. Andre Reed. He's lying. He's lying. He's lying. He's lying. Absolutely telling a lie. The great Reggie White said this to me, and this happened to me at '98. That year, I'm telling you about that. That that registered for me that. This is the hum- humble pie here. How I need to do it? That, yeah. Reggie White looked at me and said, he was sick at the, at the, at the uh, God bless his soul, sick at the Pro Bowl. We added the Ihalani, added the Lagoon, and you know, everybody else paying for the drinks, but Reggie don't drink. So Reggie just out there, you know, he just left the Super Bowl. Reggie was looking so sad. I said, man, you all right, Reg? Reggie said, Sal, I would rather not have gone to a Super Bowl than have lost one. Really? And we went, it was seven days. Tomorrow is my 20-year anniversary to my Super Bowl. To the day. January 26, 2003. I am 20 years removed from the day tomorrow. And you can't tell me if I would lost that day that I would be satisfied? Hell no, Andre. You crazy? No. No. It doesn't make you any less of a career. doesn't make you any less of a man. But you know, like I know, I, I think about the 98 season more than I think about the 2002 season. <laughs> you think about your, your, the things that broke you down more than your successes. It's that rush that I didn't get that I always want. You know, that sack that I missed that drives me crazy. Not the one that I got. 
Yeah. God bless his soul. Derek Thomas had seven sacks in an NFL football game. Still the record to this day. He missed the eighth one, and when he missed him, Dave Craig went deep to Steve Largent and won the game. I promise you, DT, uh, uh, God bless his soul. I know this man because he was coming to see us play in the 99 championship game when he passed away. He would go crazy talking about that, that sack that he missed. That eighth sack. Yeah. That cost him the game because he didn't get it, and the quarterback got it off, and they scored. Your defeats drive you crazy. Not to, your success is when you're standing for a room for your friends and they telling the story. That's when that's the success. You never tell that story. It's always a they said. <laughs> you yeah. know, you hit that ball in the corner that is on that one time. I mean, the corner that feels right by the foul pole. They they talk about that. You don't, right? That's right. You don't have to. It's better when somebody else is talking about it. It's like Willie Brown, the great Willie Brown. God bless his soul. The number twenty four for the Oakland Raiders. They said I was the best. Not me. They said it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Willie used to say it all the time. It's when they say it. When they say it, then you know it's real. I said, Great advice again. I love it. I'm, I'm getting stuff. I'm getting, I'm getting quotes for life here. I really, I, I really like that. It we is. Them, it's true. When they, when they, when they, when they say it, it's different than coming out of your mouth. Oh, yeah. Coming out of your mouth, oh, yeah. people it's look at you like, shut up. Oh, you, you, you're a braggadocious piece of trash. But when they That's say right. it, they, you, you can't argue with they. You don't even know who they is. <laughs> Dungey was gone at that time. Gruden Gruden was the, the Super Bowl uh, Super Bowl coach. Listen, listen Brett, it was, it was very simple. This man came in, and he refused to allow our offense not to be held accountable for every snap. Every yard, every down, every penalty. I mean, he was a nut. But the one thing he did for us as a defense, he challenged us. He was like, if that defense is so great, then score some points. He haven't scored. I need nine touchdowns. When Dwight Smith ran that last interception back in the Super Bowl, that was number nine. I walked over to him. I said, that's nine, bitch. Where's my hat? Cause I know you got one in your back. Cause whenever we played a playoff game or a championship game or stuff, he'd take one of the championship hats and stick it in his back while we're playing. <laughs> wow, he's crazy like that. Yeah, cause he's like, we're gonna win, and I want to be the first one with a hat. I'm like, all right, give me that hat out of your back. And he reached in his back and handed me that hat. I said, here we go. Now I got my championship hat. Now we're ready. Yeah, it was just he was the driving force, and it was nothing going to stop us. Nothing. I mean, he, whew, love that man. <laughs> so you, I mean, you had a you had a pretty good. You had Tony Dungy, who you said he loved. He was great, and then oh. you get Gruden. You love him. Yep. You win. You win okay, the now, Super Bowl. Now you, want, now you want. Now you want the turds. Now you want the turds. Well, I got some other. You got North Turner, Art Shell. You played for Lane Kiffin. I, I always want the turd, sure. You you calling them out. You got one more. Nerve <laughs> Turner. Nerve Turner is a great offensive coordinator, not a head coach. Not a head coach. And and that's where, no, where baseball is. Give Nerve Turner, give Nerve Turner your offense, your quarterback, your running backs, O line. He'll design an offense that 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 that'll that'll rival anything you've ever seen before in your life. And and, and just great play caller. Great play caller. His son's a great play caller, good good coach and everything. You know, just one of those genuine guys, but boy, you put him in front of a whole football team, 
It just leaves something to be desired. Yeah, you say that. I say that. Everybody isn't designed to be a number one. No, no, no. No, absolutely. Some guys are better number twos. Designed to be a head coach. Oh, no. Art Shell was like a number five. He's an O-line guy. He's got to be in a group. They all run together. You know, that's O-linemen. I don't see many offensive linemen as, as that as that kind of coach. I've been around a couple. Right. I don't see them as that. I don't. Not old line coaches. No. No. Not old line men. Like Jeff Saturday. It's just too nice. Everything's a. Everything's a. Uh, hey, happy go lucky. No. 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 Interesting. It's That's interesting because you're right. You're right. Some guys, yeah. some guys walk into a clubhouse and, you know, baseball, the manager, skipper. I walk in and I go, okay, that's the skipper. Some guys, walk, I've had managers that walk in and go, that guy's a fake skipper. <laughs> he's, no, 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 he's a good no, no, number no. two. That's the skipper. That's the skipper's assistant with his hat on. What? Right. God, he, he, just hap- he just happens to have the, the manager's office right now. That, He's got he's got the hat on, but boy, there's no way that he's running this place or he even knows what he's doing. Lane was just young. He ain't, Lane thought that he, you know he was at USC. You know, you come from the University of Spoiled Children, then you go to Tuscaloosa. <laughs> even more, the, the country the country version of the Spoiled Children. You know, you get you get a little you get, you get a little get a little cocky about your play calling. <laughs> you right. know, that humble pie. <laughs> that, that humble pie boy. It's tough to take down, but you gotta have it. You gotta have it. <laughs> All that success with the now he's become a better coach now. He's a much better coach now than he was when I had him. And then he was fighting Al Davis and his madness too. So Al, Al was Al was the legend in the myth, the man, and everything. But old football safety in the middle. Nah, come on. Al Davis made sure that every play there'd be a safety in the middle of the field. There had to be a safety in the middle of the field if you run the defense that he's watching. There's no safety in the middle of the field. He's going to call down and tell you that's insubordination. That's grounds for firing. Yeah. Al was involved uh-huh. quite a bit then, huh? What? Were you talking about <laughs> a true gangster? Al Davis said, you know Mike Tyson is from his neighborhood. Yeah. Al Davis said, Al Davis said when he was a kid, Mike Tyson couldn't have walked in his neighborhood. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That statement alone, I'm telling you, that now Davis a gangster. I loved him. Oh, what a great man. God bless his soul. Go from all that, uh, those years with the Buccaneers, uh, all the Pro Bowls, the Super Bowl. You go to Oakland. Oakland's kind of that, that different NFL team. Mean, I guess from the outside, I guess from a fan's perspective. It's, it's that mean play in the Coliseum. Uh, different type of fan, different type of organization. Your years in Oakland, 04 to 07, how were they? You know, there's no Col- you know, there's no Coliseum in Oakland. It's the Alameda. <laughs> it's a whole different, uh, whole different look than that LA Coliseum that you that you've grown so accustomed. Well, the LA Coliseum. What is? It's Oakland Coliseum. I played in it. They got baseball and football there, isn't it? The Coliseum. Ain't no, ain't no, ain't no and that, that's called a that's called a, a damn baseball infield where I, where I can't get no traction. Trust me, that, it was, that, 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 that it is was the not. worst, and I can't believe it's still there. They're still playing. Ba- However, I, a little no, they're footnote. Not. They're, they're not. They're I, I, hit real, I hit really well there, so I liked it even though it was a, it was a shithole. Oh, no, 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 no. Trust me. There was two places still in, in 
the 21st century that was doing this, and it was Joe Robbie in uh, <laughs> Oakland. It's crazy. Like, are you kidding me? Nobody, nobody wants to play on the infield anymore. This ain't, this Joe ain't, Robbie, uh, Joe Robbie was Atlanta, the worst Atlanta, to hit. Atlanta Fulton County Stadium. This ain't Atlanta Fulton County Stadium. I mean, this ain't this ain't the Polo Grounds in New York. Come on, man. <laughs> That's bad. right. You guys I'm used to bad. play on the infield. We, no, I'm serious, that, Brett. It was so bad. We used to root for the athletics to be out of the playoffs, <laughs> so they could get rid of the yeah. infield. Oh, right now. I didn't even think about that. That's right. Back in the day, there were a couple of those stadiums where you're sharing it, and it's like, yeah, wear, wear it. And then I'd come back after, a, you know, we come back to play after you guys played. I'm like, they're messing up the grass. Yeah, exactly. Y'all the one tearing up the grass, fool. Y'all got clay in the middle of it. That's funny. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah, we used to. Boy, one year they were, they were playing good baseball. I think all of us came and had a seance in there. <laughs> hey, we ran right out of the playoffs. They, they fell short by like a half a game. They're like, yes. And we wasn't even winning games. And that's how bad it was. It ain't like we were good. Because my third game in Oakland, I played the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Derek Brooks and company, John Gruden, everybody come out. They're actually hiding our defensive guy calls. And I look across, I'm like, what are they doing? And I look and I see Joe Barry, I say, Really? Y'all think I'm going to be standing on the sideline trying to tell my quarterback, who's a two-time MVP, what defense you win? If he don't know, then shit, I can't help him. <laughs> I was sitting on the bench and I was watching this. They over there got towels and everything. I walked on the field. I saw Brooks. I said, Brooks, you really think I'd be standing on the sideline trying to tell him what defense you win? Come on. Y'all got to know me better than that, man. I want to win the game, but I don't want to – cheat to do it. I mean, I don't want to look over and see him do barking like, that blitz it. If he don't know this, then there's nothing I can do for him. Yeah, the man's a two-time MVP. If he can't see a blitz, then we're in trouble. So we get in the game, and Brooks hits him on in the goal line, you know, because in the red zone, all quarterbacks get courage. Rich Gannon decides he's going to run and try to <laughs> juke or fake Brooks out. Uh-uh, did a little uh-uh. Brooks hit him right square in the helmet. I mean, right, and jammed his fifth, his sixth vertebrae into his fifth vertebrae. That's the last play Rich Gannon played in the National Football League. Wow. And I went through a carousel of 11 quarterbacks over the next four years. You know those 17 quarterbacks they say went from uh, Rich Gannon to Derek Carr? Mm-hmm. I had, ele- I had 11 of those 17 quarterbacks. Yeah, it was bad. And you're and you're coming you're coming off a Super Bowl going going to going to the Raiders. Oh. oh, well, not off the Super Bowl. I came back the next year with Tampa and Keyshawn blowed up the team and got sent home and we finished seven and nine. So that 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 was the the, the year. Well, well, in recent memory, you you're you're recently you're, you're a it's still it's still pretty fresh in your mind when you go to Oakland. It's not like it's ten years ago. Oh, oh. No, not fresh in my mind. I show up at the press conference with my Super Bowl ring To introduce myself as an Oakland Raider, I have my Super Bowl ring And one of the, one of the uh, media guys looks at it and says, well, that's a pretty ring you have on. I said, I did earn it, didn't I? I said, well, do you expect me to leave all my toys and accolades and everything at home? <laughs> 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 this is mine and me. You get, you get all of me. You don't get just a little piece. You get all of me. <laughs> 
get to 07. Uh, did you know, did you know, did you start to feel and, and kind of have an idea when it was going to be over? Was it quick for me? I I was in my last, in my last, in my last year, I kind of looked and, and I remember, you know what I did? We were at Fenway ball. We were at Fenway park and I was taking a shower after the second game. And I was kind of thinking to myself, it started to creep in and I said, you know what? This might be it for me. So tomorrow I'm really going to take in Fenway park. Cause I never did that as a player. I don't, I don't care where we're playing. It's who's pitching tonight and who I got to beat somebody. I got to get some hits, but I remember yep. going out to that, to the dugout the next day and really kind of walking around the field. And, and that, that game I played that day, I kind of really looked around. It was a day game and I thought, wow, I got to play here for a long time. This might be it. I hadn't decided yet, but it was, it was starting to enter my mind. And did that happen with you or, or, Tell me how. No. Tell me how you knew when it was over. No, I had. I had, I told. I told Rosa House when we got ready to sign with uh, Oakland. I wanted a four-year contract, and not the four. Well, the deal up to four years, and after the fourth year, if I decided I wanted to go home, I could go home, and I didn't, and I wasn't going to be like Barry Sanders, owing somebody some money or something like that. I want to clean four years. When I get finished with those four years, if I want to leave, I can leave, and that's what happened. I won 15 games in four years. I didn't lose like that in Tampa, and I and I was 3,000 miles away from home. It's t- it's tough, isn't tomorrow. it? I mean, this the game at the highest level, whatever game it may be, it's tough enough when you're kicking ass and you're in your prime. But when you lose, man, that game becomes so much harder. Like I just getting up and getting to the yard. It's never the successes that we that we that we thrive on. It's never the success. It's never the, the sixteen and a half sack season. It's never that. It's the it's the two and fourteen seasons. <laughs> yeah, the two and fourteen seasons. I was like, God man, we won two games, two games, and then the next year was Lane Kiffin and company. And I said, you know what? If I got a head coach that's gonna go for it on fourth down and ain't gonna listen to his defenders and the 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 older. Coaches, Greg Knapp, God bless his soul, that was on the staff and the different things that have to go on, you know, to be a football team. I'm going, to, I'm going home. I can't do this. <laughs> I can't do this. I can't do this. I can't do this at all. I had 10 sacks, and they, they told me that, that wasn't a Pro Bowl season in the AFC. So I was definitely ready to go there. 10 sacks and the number three defense in the National Football League. And that wasn't good enough to, to get a Pro Bowl nod from the AFC. The three tackles they took, I had more sacks than all of them combined. I said, really? I said, I guess it's not a sack to quarterback conference, so I guess I'm going home because they don't appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. The number three defense and 10 sacks of the 34-year-old. Nah, he ain't a pro bowler. What? <laughs> what? Time to take it to the house. All pro numbers. That's all pro numbers if you ask me, but, you know, I'll leave it alone. I'm going to go home. I'll go go home. Go watch the babies, and, you know. You know, do so, do something I should have been doing a long time ago. More appreciative of the things that mean way more than me. Yeah, yeah. We talked a lot about head coaches, managers. Um, you know, all the games I played over the years, and there's a handful of times where I can remember coming in after a game and going, "Man, man, Skip screwed it up for us tonight. He lost that game." doesn't happen too often in baseball. We, he puts the lineup out there. We either play well or we don't play well. 
And it's always on the players. Yeah, maybe he made a bad decision. He brought the wrong guy in out of the bullpen. But but we have confidence in that guy. He didn't get the job done tonight. In football, good coach, bad coach, the end of the each and every Sunday. How often how how big of a difference does a coach make wins and losses? Ooh. I always say it's never the scheme or the coach or the X's and O's, it's the Willies and Joes, because those X's and O's don't move off that chalkboard. That that grease board, they don't move. But the Willies and Joes, they do. So I Ah, it depends. Like when you watch the Cowboy game on Sunday playoff and they didn't call that timeout, that right, that, right, right. They they they, like they lost what twenty seconds off the clock. I was like watching that. Certain things like that you can point to because that's the that that's the almost giving up. Like, I mean that that a football game, the clock. Come on, man, stop that clock. Stop the clock. I mean, especially yeah. when it's stuff you can go back on and decide like certain decisions, certain challenges. They mean a lot. You know, play calling is just play calling because, you know, you got to have confidence in the, in the Willis and Joes that you're calling it through, and then they got to go out and execute it. But uh, 50, 60% sometimes, sometimes 70, 80 if it gets into, you know, challenges and, and game management and timeouts and stuff like that. If you don't know what you're doing in that aspect, it'll always come back to bite you. And that's what, you know, Mike McCarthy's been, been having that ever since day one when he got to Dallas. He's always had timeouts and clock management, game management issues. Yeah. What a career you had! The best, the best, the best of them have the most championships. The Belichicks, the Tungies, yeah, you know what I'm saying? They have yeah. championships. The Mike Tomlins that that understand situational football and can transfer it from the the meeting room onto the practice field and onto the playing field. That that that's that's the true definition of a coach. Can I get you to come in this building every day and pay attention to what I'm teaching you in the classroom? Go out on the practice field and put it in the you know practical you know, uh, application, and then go to Sunday and, and apply it when, when when the opportunity presents itself. Yeah, and I I just, yeah, I think, you know, when it comes to football, even basketball, I think the head coach just has a bigger role than a Major League Baseball manager. Yeah. I mean, once that, once yeah, that yeah, national yeah, anthem's yeah, over, yeah, 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 it's like, yeah, Skip, have yeah. a seat. You leave it to us, and we'll take care of business. And there's nothing he can really do. He's not yeah, calling yeah, without, plays. Without, he's not without, doing this. You know, he's not play, doing that. It's the players playing. Yeah, we got we got chess moves in a football game and in other sports and basketball, out of bounds plays and all of this. Y'all, y'all got right. basketball curveball changeup. <laughs> right, and and the and the manager has nothing to do with it. That's the catcher and the nothing pitcher running that show. You know, it's the pitching coach, the pitching coach, and the pitcher going at it right now. Today, boys, we we had a plan all week long to get this lineup, and now they done throw the left hander in the middle of it, and that throws off our whole plan. Holy right, shit. right. <laughs> I love y'all. I love that you, game y'all play. Ooh, just numbers. It's it it's it's a lot. I I don't miss chasing that slider in the dirt, but but I do miss. You know, I just got back. I did my first fantasy camp, and that was, Ooh. you know, uh, at, uh, you know, I went into it thinking, do I really want to do this? I got there. I actually, you know, I saw some old teammates, uh, some old guys I played with. Actually, had a good time. There were some long days. I think it's two days longer than it should be. You got the campers coming in, oh, no, but no, I did longer than it should be. Because that's, that's that's what these kids do. You just got to have them there. Because if you don't have us there, you don't love us. That's what I'm telling you. This is all about likes, views, and comments. Yep. 
You were named to the 90s All-Decade Team, 2000s All-Decade Team, <laughs> Buccaneers Ring of Honor, and number 99 retired, which, you know, it's – and the big one's coming. I, I haven't forgotten the big one, but get your number retired. That's that's a pretty awesome thing. There's not many numbers retired for Run the Buccaneers, but I, I think it's awesome. Every time you go to that stadium, you see that number, and so no one will ever, ever wear Brother. that again. <laughs> Brother, Joe Green just got his jersey retired last year. Franco Harris, the Immaculate Recession, God bless his soul, died the week of them retiring his jersey. Trust me, I I am fully aware of what that is, and I love the Glazers for doing it for me. And anybody that joins me in that ring of honor and they jersey retired, I I I, I show up with a smile on my face and and enjoy my heart because I know what it means. Yeah, it's it's a cool thing. 2013, Hall of Fame. You get the phone call. You probably know it's coming. But when you get that. No, Brett. No. All right. right. Give me the story. Dude, Dude, I'm in New Orleans. Uh, Ray Lewis is playing the San Francisco 49. Where the Baltimore Ravens playing Colin Kaepernick. I'm down there, and I set up the Sunday. But they announced it on Sunday. No, Saturday. Saturday, I set it up, the Two Sisters uh, restaurant on Bourbon Street. I go by there and go get me a hand grenade a little further down. I make sure buddy knows I'm coming there Saturday around lunchtime and I want 10 pounds of crawfish. And he done hooked me up. I got you, Warren. I'm going to have you a nice shot. I said, that's my Hall of Fame day. I'm going to find out. So I'm going to eat something that I love to eat. Me and my homeboy will come out here. We're going to have get drunk. Then we're going to go back to the hotel and watch it on TV. Because that's how we had to find out. Yeah, this is before David Baker and the knock on the door and all that old fake shit. This was real. This was real. And then the NFL Network, which I was working for at the time, asked me, uh, can we have a camera with you? I said, I, I beat up your cameraman or it'll be a, a, a celebration <laughs> that y'all wouldn't, be able, y'all wouldn't be able to show on TV anyway, so don't worry about it. <laughs> That's what I told him. I said, either your cameraman's getting beat up or it's a celebration you can't show on TV anyway. So either way, it's not going to be footage you can use, so don't even worry about it. Oh, no, we're serious. we want to do an interview with you with Melissa. I'm like, I'm not doing a thing. If my seven uh, in a row Pro Bowls, my four All-Pro teams, my two All-Decades, my defensive player of the year, my championship ain't enough to get me in the Hall of Fame, then so be it. I'm fine. Warren Sapp ain't going to lose no sleep over this. I would have. I'd have been mad, been pissed. Of course like, you would anybody have. Anybody else that had a career. <laughs> of course. But, but you know, I'm telling the story, and I'm telling somebody else, you know, and I'm you know, you put up that good that good front. Nah, this ain't gonna bother me. I'm gonna be who I am regardless, right? <laughs> My homeboy put a camera up in the corner of the room and recorded the whole thing, Brett. Really? I'm yelling at the TV. I'm standing up on the table in the living room. I just it is it, one of my favorite videos to watch. Cause it, and you and you had no idea. I had no idea he was doing this, and I'm just yelling at the TV. I mean, yelling at it like I yell at it when I'm watching the game. I mean, it's just it's just me in my hotel room yelling at the TV about the Hall of Fame. So they they so and, and they're going through the list and it's alphabetical. <laughs> <laughs> so you be good. So yours is coming quick. So you did it quick. So they go, Chris Carter. No, Larry Allen's first. Larry Allen's first. Chris Carter's next. Curly Culp is after that. Bill Parcells is after that. OP. No, Ogden Parcells. That's right. OP. OP. Ogden Parcells. So now 
There's only one spot. No, there's only two spots left. Then they go Dave Robinson. So now it's R.O. It's right at Sapper Strahan. That's it. I mean, that was the whole thing. Sapper Strahan, Sapper Strahan. And Warren Sapp, boy, it was almost like, you ever had a gun go off near you and you get that ring? Ooh. Oh, yeah. I'm a hunter. When they said my name, when he, when he said my name, it was like, ooh. And I'm looking at the TV and I'm stuck. And it took my homeboy to come over and grab me and hug me and say, call your mama right now. <laughs> I said, yeah, I got to call my mama. So I went and called my mama and I went to crying and crying with her, called my kids, crying, crying with them. Then I got to put my clothes on and go go do the NFL network. They told me if I get in, I got to come downstairs, go get in the car because I'm, I'm working for them and I, I'm, 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 I'm an inductee. So now I got to go get on the set. You see what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> That's cool, though. I mean, you talked about Humble Pie earlier. This was Humble Pie in a good way. In a good way. What? What? This is the best Humble Pie you can ever want to eat in your life because it's the loneliest day in the greatest team sport that we know. Because on a Sunday afternoon, Warren Sapp on the 50-yard line is not formidable to any offense. It's 11-on-1. We can can do what we want with him. We can flip him around, turn him. He can't make a play. Me by myself, I can't make a play. But that day, I mean, Michael Irvin, Marshall Falk, Deion Sanders, not one of them called my phone. Not one of them. I said, you know what, dog? Y'all left me so alone, dog. It just, that, that wasn't even funny. I mean, y'all were supposed to call me and ask, how was I doing? How you doing, big dog? Man, we just called a check on <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. Nothing. I mean, nothing. My phone did, didn't move all day long, B. I was going crazy, eating crawfish, got back, had a couple hand grenades. And my homeboy came over, had two bottles of champagne. He used to say, we either going to be happy messed up or we're going to be mad messed up. But I ain't going to let you go out like this. Come on. So I went to drinking. And he's got the recording going the whole time. Oh, my God. We go back and look at it. I'm going to look at it this year. It's my 10th anniversary coming up. That's cool. That is so that finally, is really good. So I'll finally sit and watch it. I'll sit, finally sit and watch it. But, oof. That was not a good day for that's not a good day for your nerves. <laughs> and it, it, it ends up one of the best days now, of your man. life. From from there to the to the actual ceremony, because in the NFL you got to go get your bus done. Uh, you're dealing with the media up and up until it. You got to write your speech. Was that all easy for you, or, or did you grind on it? Dude, it took me six months, and every time I got to writing, I'd cry all over the paper. I still got the papers with the with the with the, with the wet marks on them. Yeah, it was one of those. It was, it was six months of hell. Six months of hell. Six months of trying not to forget, you know, all the people that actually help you, and you definitely gonna forget somebody. <laughs> That's the worst part. You're gonna have six months to think about it. You definitely gonna forget somebody. And then they're gonna tell you about it when you get home. Oh, yeah, I ain't even get an invite. Really? You didn't pick up the phone and call either. You know, my memory wow. ain't what it used to be. <laughs> so you get to that day, you got to, you said, you said, you said it was, you said it was the loneliest day on when you oh. find out if you're getting in or not. How about, oh. Oh. because if you were nerve, it was nerve wracking that day for you. I could imagine you're grinding on this speech for six months. You're worried. You don't want to leave anybody oh. out. You want to do it right. How about when that day comes and you know, you got to go make the speech now. Was that nerve wracking till it was over? <laughs> <laughs> that was almost fun because at okay, that point, good. I didn't care anymore. 
I don't know. At that point, I didn't care anymore. I walked up there with five words on a piece of paper, and I'm going to wing this because I've never been a speech guy. I've always been from the heart. This is what it is. And anybody that means anything to me is right here in front of me. I can look down the aisle and see all my teammates, my coaches, everything. I, I can go to, I, I can just go. So that's what I did. I went for my family and I went back and I went and I went and I just went. And when I got to the middle, I said, that's enough. I said, that's enough. I said, for anybody that I forgot, y'all already know how this works. <laughs> so, oh, so you're saying for the six months you tried to, for the first time, because you like oh, to wing it, tried you tried to write, to write a speech and it just wasn't you. I tried I tried. I tried that, is, that, that is cool, I, I though. A, that, that's awesome. I'd get a half a page deep, I swear to you, I'd get a half a page deep and it'd be wet. It'd be wet. I'd be crying the whole time. And I'm like, I got to stop this. So I stopped for like a week, then I went back to it and tried again, more tears. I'm like, Jesus. So I got no shot at this. I got no shot to write this. I told myself this after about three months, I said, I got no shot to write this. And I talked to my mom, I said, Ma, she's like, just go up there and just talk. The good Lord will lead you. You know how moms is. The good right. Lord will lead you. <laughs> wow. Like, Mama, be up there crying and everything. Don't worry. We all know you emotional. I'm like, Jesus. She's not helping with this. <laughs> oh, that's 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 really cool though. That that that's a cool yeah, story. Six months of hell, I, I, six months of hell to, to try to write that speech and end up having five words. See, so the big badass Ward Sap, he's he's a sucker and he's he's emotional. Oh, big big sap sucker, baby, big soft sap big, sucker. Unless it's big third big teddy bear, big it's teddy bear. Lot, I'm tough. I'm tough. I'm ready. <laughs> if it's third in the line that, on a Sunday afternoon, I'm ready. But no, I know that. Close. I I'll be watching uh, a movie and a bus out cry. Yeah, it seems like that, huh? Yeah, when you, when, that. As you're getting a little bit that. older too. As you're getting a little bit older, it gets, oh, yeah, you get a little more that. emotional. Hey, I'm, a, I'm a dad, man. When you got when you got kids, kids make you soft. Yeah. Well, that is really cool. What a, what an awesome story, awesome career, uh, and, and that made that made my day right there. Talking talking to you about that leading up to that that Hall of Fame. That's, that's a really oh, cool man, story, thanks, brother. But that, you know, that's your crowning moment. And you that's your that's your last that's your last date on the stage. That is really cool. Yeah, that is really cool. Cool to hear. Last date on the stage, so enjoy it. <laughs> so Warren Sapp, the, the big office. teddy bear out there. And for those of you uh, out there listening to the Boone Podcast, we're going to do what we do each and every time we end a Boone Podcast. And that's kick it back to the voice of the Boone Podcast. That voice is Dan Levy. Dan? Gentlemen, well, there you are. how are you guys? I like the little man. Oh, Dan, we're super. What do you got? I got a little sound effect for you, Mr. Sab. All right, here's the question. I'm in Chicago. The question is this. We got a, a quarterback named Justin Fields. How good is he? You know what? How good is the preparation, the the the, the practicing, and the people you're going to put around him? Because what I'm hearing out of Chicago is they're going to package him up trade him for some other pieces and then go with the Bryce kid from Alabama. Wow, I did not know that. That's a good that's a good little insight no, right there. You, oh, you know, I'm I'm in Florida and I hear this and you haven't? They haven't really told us anything. Oh, trust me. There's a bunch of there's a there's, there's smoke everywhere talking about them trading Justin Fields and going after Bryce. Wow. All we've really been yeah. hearing is that they need to give him a lot of lot of weapons. So nobody's ever said the trade hey, deal, but I wouldn't be surprised. Weapons and you only have one pick. What do you do? 
You trade away that one thing you have for a couple weapons, and then you get a much more capable throw of the ball. Wow. That is a good that's that's good to hear. I, that actually makes me happy. It means that the Bears are uh, no, no, no. are trying no, no, no. things. I just want I just I just put it out there. It, 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 it might be a big fire brewing and you didn't see it coming, but Warren Sapp told you first. Warren Sapp, I'm glad I have your phone over because I'm texting you all the time for this kind of info. <laughs> yeah, just text me. Just text me. If I hear something else, I'll hit you. My guy. <laughs> Warren Sapp, thank you so much for coming on the podcast, sir. We appreciate it. Anytime, baby. Anytime. It's a pleasure to be on with a champion like Mr. Boone, baby. It's what it is. It's a bad boy. That's going to wrap it up for the Boone Podcast. My name is Dan Levy, and I'm the technical director, producer, and voice of the Boone Podcast. The executive producer is Rich Herrera. The digital content for the Boone Podcast is provided by Liz Landry. Please share the Boone Podcast with neighbors and friends and make sure you subscribe to the Boone Podcast so you never miss an episode of the show. And while you're at it, please give it a five-star rating and share your feelings about the Boone Podcast by leaving a review on whatever platform you listen to the show. For all of us here on the Boone Podcast, I'm Dan Levy. Thanks for listening.